Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is, and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. Welcome back to another episode of Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. Today's guest is someone who is so important to me. I absolutely adore her. Her name is Linda Clay, and she is a business coach and also part of Heartfelt Coaching. And Heartfelt Coaching is a type of service where it's pay what you can, so kind of on a sliding scale type of situation, which is an amazing service. I think that people sometimes can't afford to shell out thousands and thousands of dollars for coaches, which I totally get. I was once there too. And so it's great to be able to offer services like that to people who really do need it. So she actually, I put out a post on my um, blogging Facebook that I was looking for guests for the show. And I ended up getting over, I think it was, including DMs, I think like 120 uh, comments and DMs in response to being a guest on the podcast, which was extremely overwhelming. And (laughs) I um, basically have podcast guests recorded for the rest of 2020. 18, which is kind of amazing and super exciting. And Linda was one of the people that really just stood out to me the most. And I was really curious on her story and her background and the way that she serves. And she had on her Facebook background, it said there was this quote, business of life, life of business. And that that really caught my attention. And I reached out to her immediately because I was like, I need to know more about you. And so we started chatting and we just instantly clicked. And like I said, I absolutely adore her. We have a lot of the same values when it comes to coaching, even though we kind of do them in different ways and in different spaces. Um, So she just really was such a amazing connection that I made and I'm so glad that we started chatting. So in this episode, you're going to hear just a ton of really great, it's just a great conversation. Like it didn't even feel like an interview and that's kind of like what I'm, I'm trying to stay, stray away from in my podcast is I don't want them to feel like actual interviews, but I want them to be actual conversations um, because I think that that is more important than like interviewing. I don't know if I'm making sense, but 
I think that there's just a ton of value that comes from listening in on this conversation. And we talk a lot about business and different strategies that we've both utilized. And out of this beautiful friendship that we created, I had mentioned to Linda um, because I, you know, I've never really talked at length about like my full blogging history. But one of the things that I talk about to people who come on my podcast is just obviously like a little bit about me. If they don't know me, they've never worked with me. I kind of share my story. And part of that was my blog, Living Breely. And I mentioned to her that within the first three months, I was able to generate 80,000 views on my blog just through Pinterest. And she was like, whoa, 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 wait. Pinterest? And I was like, yeah, Pinterest. And so a lot of people are surprised when I talk about my, my, the success that I've had with Pinterest because they think that it's just recipes and DIYs and girly quotes and exercise routines and things like that. But that's not the case is it's actually a really, really vital role in my business. 80% of my traffic to my blog or my website comes from Pinterest. So I don't really focus a lot on SEO. I don't do a lot of Facebook lives. I don't do paid ads. I don't, I didn't have a social media following when I started living Breely. I did it up until a couple of months ago. So I really just utilized Pinterest to the fullest and the outcome was really, really great. And so Linda had asked me to come into her Facebook group and do a Pinterest training with her group. And I'm so excited to be able to do that for her. Um, So I'm going to be talking about how to generate leads into your business utilizing Pinterest. And that workshop or training is actually going to be on Thursday. (laughs) Sorry, I was just trying to remember. Thursday, November 29th at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. And I'm planning on doing a downloadable workbook for anyone who attends the training. They can download it and utilize. It's basically going to have all of my notes and everything that I talk about in the actual workshop, but it will be in a workbook. So that way you guys can keep it for, for however long you want it. So again, that Facebook Pinterest training is going to be on November 29th at 2.30 PM Pacific Standard Time. And it's going to be held in Linda's Facebook group. So if you're interested in attending, you can send me or Linda a message on Facebook or Instagram. Um, You can also send me an email at info at livingbreely.com. And I will make sure that you get an invite either from myself or from Linda to join the Pinterest training. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to finally share all of this knowledge about Pinterest because I didn't realize that it was something that so many people were interested in learning more about. And like I said, I don't do a lot of Facebook lives. I don't do um, Instagram TV, which wasn't even a thing when I started my blog. Um, I don't do paid ads and I didn't have a super large Instagram following 
at all. So it was all through the power of Pinterest. And I am so, so excited to be talking about it. And I'm already starting to write down notes and things that I want to discuss. So before I keep going on and blabbering on about it, um, I'm going to include all of Linda's links, her Instagram, Facebook group, and also her website in the episode description. So please make sure to go give her a like, a follow, or reach out to her if you have more questions about her services. And on that, I'm going to say happy Thanksgiving to my friends in America. I am actually going to be posting this week's mindset tip, trick, shift, whatever we're going to call it, Friday on Wednesday because it has to do with how to deal with family during the holidays. And I feel like that is something that's super important. So I feel like it'd be best served on Wednesday instead of Friday because obviously you can see your families on Thursday and not Friday. Um, But yeah, it should be a really good episode. I just recorded it and I'm super excited to share it. Anyway, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Send me an email, info at Living Freely, if you'd like to join the Pinterest training and I'll make sure you get an invite. And I'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye. just talking about the weather and she's she like painted a perfect picture you're like I'm bundled up with a blanket in a big lounge chair sitting by the fire I'm like that is a dream afternoon it <laughs> like, is, just actually. give me a book and like a cup of tea and I'd be like set <laughs> yes then I'd fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm all for a little afternoon siesta I think the Spanish got it right yeah <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Okay, I'm a business coach and a lifestyle strategist. And people ask me, what is a lifestyle strategist? And basically, I have this, I believe fully that everybody should be able to sit down and really map out and create the kind of lifestyle they want to live instead of living to what everybody else tells them to. So I work with them to kind of do that first. And then we look at their business and how can their business fit into their life so that they have more of a balance instead of um, having the scale weighted down by the business or weighted down by their life. Perfect. And I saw on your Facebook page that you have this quote, business of life, life of business, which kind of like you kind of explained it right there, but can you go in a little bit deeper of what that saying really means to you? Yes. The business of life, your life is a business. It's your business. It's, it's something that you need to own and you need to embrace and you need to live exactly how you want to live. And I think over centuries, we've all been kind of programmed that, you know, you have to get a job. You've got to work for 40 years and then you get the gold watch and then you just sit home. And it doesn't have to be that way. It can be whatever however you want to live your life. You can do it whether you want to travel the world, you want to work from your computer, you want to create a bunch of little businesses, you know, and have somebody else run them. I mean, it can be whatever you want. And then the life of business has to reflect you. 
It has to reflect your values. It has to reflect your truths mm -hmm. and just be who you are. And I think sometimes people will look at businesses and go, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. I'm going to try that. Or a career, the same thing. I'll go into that career. And when they get there, they go, oh, this isn't me. This is not at <laughs> all who I am. Yeah. Well, everyone knows, because I've talked about this, like basically on every single podcast, that was my experience, was like I really wanted to work in HR and recruiting. Mm -hmm. And that was like my big goal. And then when I finally got there, about six months in, I was like, oh, <laughs> um, I don't know if this is for me yeah. <laughs> to sit yeah. at a desk for like nine hours. And I mean, which is funny now because I do spend a lot of time on my computer, but it's like, I think that it's just, it's different. Like I'm actually doing things that I like. Well, you probably don't have a cubicle around you. Those no. little half walls that they put around <laughs> you in this little tight spot, you know, and it's not, you're in control of your day. And that's what I'm talking about. You're able to go, Hey, I want to go for a walk mm -hmm. and stop what you're doing and go for a walk. If you're in a corporate type environment, you can't do that. You've got your two breaks and you've got your lunch and that's your free time. Right. So, so yeah. what did you do before you got into coaching? Like what made you decide or get in, get into this business? Well, I won't go into the whole life story, but um, <laughs> I, worked, I worked for over 25 years in corporate America and I uh, managed retail stores, high volume, multi-million dollar stores, which you do a lot of coaching, a lot of motivating a lot right. of training and all that. And then I left um, retail and I went to work for a private school and started out as a part-time employee and got hired as the administrator of the school. And I worked there for five years. And again, working with the teachers and coaching them and helping them. And then I uh, built my own uh, notary business and did escrow signings and was free. And it was my first real taste of being an entrepreneur of creating my own business, doing really well with it. And then the bottom fell out of the economy. So I started looking for another job and I ended up moving to California for one job, which was, to be honest, the worst job I've ever had in my life. So I left that company and went to work for an escrow company and became an escrow assistant. I was 61 at the time when I did that. So I've gone through several different careers. Well, I worked at the escrow company for about two and a half years and got laid off. And I, you know, with my, the type of personality I had, I was like, okay, so I'll just send out a bunch of resumes and I'll get a job and everything will be fine. Except for nobody called me. I sent out hundreds of resumes. I, you know, you're in your sixties. People don't want to hire baby boomers. So it was like a real reality check of what, what am I going to do? So I decided to build my first online business, which was a virtual assistant business consultancy. And I did that for several years and had clients and was doing okay. But there was like something was really lacking. Mm -hmm. And um, because of some personal transitions that I was going through in my life, I ended up moving to Portugal for five and a half months. And when I was there, I realized a couple things. Um, a, I got back in touch with myself realized that I really didn't like administrative work and that people kept asking me for advice and help. And all of a sudden it was like this huge light bulb, Oprah calls it light bulb moment. 
You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I've coached people, you know, most of my life. And so right. I've been slowly, re, you know, changing everything over to full-time coaching. That's amazing. So I've, I totally understand how frustrating that must have been to send out hundreds of resumes and not get anything back, especially coming from a recruiting background. I know how you, I've heard that in people's voices where they're just so frustrated that they can't get any traction on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I totally empathize with that. But I also think that it's amazing that you kind of went and were like, well, I can start my own thing. (laughs) Like I can just do what I really want to do. And I kind of going through your story. So Portugal, I loved Portugal. I think it's so amazing. I really, really want to go back. I didn't spend enough time there. It's an amazing, it's a beautiful country. And I got to go to Paris and I went to Barcelona and I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And if I didn't have a family issue, I probably would have stayed there, which was originally my intent was to live there. Well, you can always go back. I know. I, plan on, <laughs> I actually plan on going to Paris is on my, my list. I want to live for three months in Paris. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> I loved Barcelona. Barcelona oh, yeah. was... I was there for like, I think two and a half, almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel long enough. Oh, like I had already been traveling for like a couple of weeks at that point. So I think I was just kind of tired and burnt out. So a lot of the time that I spent in Barcelona was just like very laid back, sleeping in, like going out and drinking and stuff. <laughs> um, but there's just so many things that like I didn't get to see or experience like while I was there. So it's like, I have to go back. It's a really cool city. Like, I don't think, I think people like totally underestimate it. It's, oh, it's, it's totally awesome. Where we stayed was this like little funky neighborhood. It was so much fun. And then we went to, my brother is an architect and he kept going on, you've got to go see these buildings, Gaudi buildings. And we're like, my sister was with me. And it was like, really? Why? Why would we want to go see this architecture? Come on, John, you know? Yeah. We actually, we go and we were blown away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We stayed in the um, Gothic district, Mm -hmm. which was right next to this really cool um, modern museum, I think, of Barcelona. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was just the coolest neighborhood. Like, I'd never experienced anything like that because we were like really, we stayed in an Airbnb. So it was like someone's apartment. Um, And so it was, it really just felt like you were immersed in that culture. Mm-hmm. which was just so fun. But yeah, we went to see Gaudi's um, park as well. And that was just, that was amazing. Like there's just so many cool parts about Barcelona. Oh yeah, totally. <clears throat> it was just amazing. Yeah. So as far as going, going back, so now that you've been doing <clears throat> the coaching, what do you think, like what I find interesting is that you really learn to leverage the skills that you had during your corporate America days and you leverage those skills into, into formulating your business now. So how can other people kind of do the same thing? Because I feel like a lot of times like they get stuck, stuck in this block of like, well, I don't know anything about running a business. I don't know how to do that. Like I have a limited skill set, which like I think is just part of having a fixed mindset. Um, but you kind of took an opposite approach. So can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. Um, And I I do this with my clients now is one of the things that I have them do, because most of the time when you're transitioning into something different, 
you look at that going, oh, there's no way because you're reading the words and you're going, there's no way I can do that. And actually, I practiced this when I would try to find jobs is I would look at the job description and then I'd look at what my um, what I did and I would take what I did and find other words that matched what were in the job description. And that's how you should do it, by the way. that yeah. Can I just like say this really sure. quick? Yeah. Because that's my biggest pet peeve when I would tell, um, like when I was a recruiter and people would come to me with their resumes, I'm like, this is a full-time job. You have to look at the job description for the job you're applying for and word your resume to match that. Right. And like, for whatever reason, people just want like a one step click and apply type of thing. And I'm like, no, because as a recruiter pro tip, we literally spend that, that statistic of like most recruiters only spend three to five seconds looking at your resume yep. is true. Mm-hmm. I would skim looking for keywords from the job description and I would skim looking for those keywords in your resume. If I didn't see them pass, we would get thousands of applications every day. Like if you don't have the right words, Right. Sorry, not looking at it. Well, no, and that's true. And I didn't, you know, get a thousand, but we would get the last store that I ran. We had a staff of about 150 to 180, depending if it was Christmas season, we, you know, always hired up. And so I would look at resumes. If there were two page, I didn't read them. I didn't have time, you know? And so I looked, I looked at just key elements of the resume. And then if they looked like they had, um, solid background and it didn't have to be in the, the retail field we were in. I was really looking more for how are they approaching writing a resume? You know, did they spell words right? Did they take the time to put in there a powerful sentence on who they are, that type of thing? And so, um, so when I work with clients now, I have them start listing out all the skills that they have. I have them write out their accomplishments because they don't understand that they've probably accomplished way more than they even realize in their life. And then I have them look at their skills and we go, okay, now how can we incorporate that into a business? You know, what is your purpose? What is your passion? Right. And then we can take their skills and we can create a business out of that and transfer it over into, you know, a type of business. So if they have, I mean, if they want to become a VA Mm -hmm. and they've never actually been a virtual assistant. So we talk about what, what part of the virtual assistant business do they want to be in? You know, do they want to do social media? Well, what have you done with social media? Well, I have my own Facebook page and I have, I did it for my boss. Okay. What did you do? Well, I did graphics. Okay. So now we can develop a package around, you know, how to do Canva you know, how to look for quotes, you know, you've done research on quotes and positive quotes, you know, and so we start putting, building it up based on their skills. Yeah, no, I think that's a perfect way. It's almost like instead of a career resume, you're building like a personal accomplished resume. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and because you have to understand when people are, and I'm sure you know this as a recruiter, when people are changing jobs, or they're changing from a corporate career, which is nice and safe and cozy, to something that's unknown, they lose that, their level of confidence because all of a sudden they, they're stepping outside their comfort zone. I'm right. getting you know, a biweekly paycheck, and now I'm going to create something of my own, and oh my God, really? 
Right. You know, what can I do? So by looking at, well, no, look what you've done in your life. Let's take those and create a business around that. Right. I think that's actually really, really true because I remember my thought process was like I had worked 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days at my corporate job and I had essentially built a lot of our recruiting processes and procedures and I knew that I was making an impact at where I was and I was like, well, why can't I do that for myself? Right. And so that was kind of my thought process of it was because I'm very like process and procedure driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of like, well, why can't I do that in different arenas? Like maybe it's not in recruiting, maybe it's in mindset, maybe it's in mindfulness, maybe it's in course creation, maybe it's in teaching others Pinterest. Right. Um, So that was, so I think that there's just a way that you have to learn to leverage your skill set and like really, this sounds so cliche, but think outside of the box. Like, I, I really believe in like transferable skills and, and, and no matter who you are like, well, no, and, and what you've done. Right. right. And you can, tra- that's what that's, you can take your skills that you have. You can take your skills as a housewife and make them into a business because a housewife has to have organization. She has to be able to manage her time. She has to be able to be as productive as possible within a short amount of time, especially if she has kids. Right. So taking those things, those are skills. Absolutely. So you could bring those to, you know, being somebody's personal assistant and control their life the way you've been controlling your own. Right. I've never been a housewife. Um, <laughs> I, I think that they have really tough jobs cause that's like a 24 seven job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. so hats off to stay at home moms and housewives. It's not an antiquated work or even husbands, you know, it's 2018. Right. <laughs> like anyone can do anything they want. Um, but no, I think that's true. I think that actually having that, that ability to structure time. Mm-hmm. And have really strong time management skills is super valuable, especially in your first couple of years of business. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I see that as one area that even a lot of new businesses struggle with is that they they think they have no time, and so it's like you actually do. Let's look at what you're doing with your time. Do a time journal, track your time, see where it's right. going. Then yeah. you can go back through. Yeah. For me, the most, I think, important switch, and my dad actually kind of helped me in this area, was looking at activities that are actually generating income. Right. Um, because for me, like, I, I could sit on Canva all day and create pins and, like, graphics. Like, I love that. Like, that's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. But is that going to make me money? <laughs> I mean, in some aspects it will, but like my energy's best focused, like, right, like in actually growing the business. And Absolutely. I know we talked a little bit about Marie Forleo and she has that quote of like, don't be so busy working in your business that you don't have time right. to work on your business. Right. Yep. You should be working on your business. It's like, I'll take people through once they do the time journal, then we talk about, you know, everybody will say, well, I have a hundred ideas and I don't know how to do them. Okay. Let's put them in a in an idea journal. And then I want you to take your idea journal and break them down into short, medium, and long-range goals because some ideas you know are going to take you several years to get to, but some are just real short. And then within those, 
range, you know, short, medium, and long range goals, then you prioritize. And how do you prioritize them? You prioritize them on which one is going to bring you return on your investment first. Right, an ROI. Right, yep. So if you're, you know, creating a freebie and it's only going to be a one-page PDF, but it's going to get people to sign up for your email list, that's something that I would say should be number one because that email list is your is a way to gain clients. Right. You know? Yeah. And I don't think like people think like, I know for me, like I always make projects seem longer and mm-hmm. bigger in my head than when I actually do them. Right. Like right. I'm always like, Oh, I have to do all of these things today and it's going to take me, you know, an hour to do it. And it's like, if I would have actually spent the time doing the thing that I was thinking about doing mm-hmm. it would have already been done. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those little time suckers that, um, take our time or our conversation in our head that pulls us away from what we should be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't think for freebies, like someone told me one time, and I don't want to drag anyone because everyone's different, that she spent like eight hours creating a freebie. And I was like, it realistically could have probably taken you about an hour, two hours max. Like if you're going to throw in some pictures and some graphics Mm -hmm. and stuff, um, because the freebie is supposed to be something that just draws the attention and draws the customer in, um, to make them realize that they need to work with you or that they need your product or service that you're offering. Correct. Not to actually, like, and what should be, it should be valuable content. Like I know, you know, Gary Vee and all of the the people, (laughs) I don't know, talk about like value, 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 content, value, content. And that's true. But you also, I think have to, there's a a little bit of a pain point that has to be pushed when delivering that content. Right. It's kind of like the carrot dangling in front of the horse's face. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So kind of transitioning subjects. So one thing that I kind of wanted to get your opinion on was separating your self-worth from your business. Well, I think that we tend to, as human beings, if we start a business, we, we tend to identify ourselves with that business. And um, the business is not you. It's not your self-worth. It's, it represents in a sense, how do I put this? A tangible aspect because you built that business. So my escrow signing business, I, you know, the business itself was not me. I was the owner of it. And I controlled it, but it didn't have anything to do with my personal self-worth, how I felt about myself. And so if I fubbed up on something, which I did a few times, it, I don't know how, if I'm explaining this right. Um, it was my error, but it wasn't the business, if that makes sense. So I think people will look at their business and they'll go, they immense themselves in it so that there's no fine line between if somebody says no to my product, they're saying no to the product. They're not saying no to me personally as a human being. That's what I'm mm. trying to say. 
Yeah. Well, it's that fear of rejection that I think right. a lot of right. us have. Right. And I think and that so, that's what stops a lot of people from moving forward in their business is because they are scared that they're right. not going to sell. Right. And that's why it's, it's like you and I had had this conversation before about how, um, just before we got on the podcast, how important it is to understand that when you're looking at all the gurus out there, and there are so many of them, and they, all of them give excellent advice, but it's advice only. And so mm-hmm. when you listen to that advice, you can't take it in the sense of black and white literally. You can take the concept and apply it to your business because your business is you. And too many people will take it exactly word for word. So if you tell me, Linda, this is how you should do your Pinterest, or this is how I do my Pinterest account. And I'm going, oh, wow, Brie is this like phenomenal person with Pinterest. I need to follow her word, you know, word by word. (laughs) Yeah. And then go, well, it's not working. So then people will think it's themselves. But it's not yourself. It's the fact that your advice applies to you because it's for Brie. Right. How do I take your advice and apply it to my business because I'm different than you? And we tend to want to succeed. We all do, not tend to. We want to succeed. Mm -hmm. So we think that by copying people, um, I did a blog on this on comparative itis. We compare ourselves. We want to copy people. We want it because we want to be a success. And Bree's right. a success, so I want to be just like Bree. No, I want to take Bree's advice and apply it and turn it around to my business. Right. If I'm making sense. I no, that makes I- perfect sense. I have, yeah. I've never really like thought that deep into it because I've had people, you know, take my ideas or things that I've said and like twist them or, you know, or like create, like there's just, that's just bound to happen. I think on the Mm -hmm. online world is everyone Mm -hmm. kind of emulates each other, but I think that you're right. I think like as a course creator, like I'm only teaching what I know. Right. And then people have their own filters. Um, that are, I, th- I mean, filters could be also synonymous with the mindset, right? Like it's environmental factors, how they were raised or what right. their current life situation is like. Like those are all filters that they're absorbing my content through. Right. So it's bound to become diluted. And maybe they're applying things correctly or incorrectly. Like that's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you're right. Like it really does just boil down to like making it work for you. Like right. making you those like what I say in a Pinterest uh, webinar or Pinterest la- teach you know t- talking about Pinterest like I might not even think about something that I said and someone's gonna like run with that <laughs> like that's gonna be right. their basis for Pinterest was that my intention no right but I couldn't prevent that I don't know what someone's going to do so yeah it really it has nothing so much to do with us it's it's really if someone says no to buying something from you it could be two things like I think sometimes we don't do the best job of of transcending the value of our product or a mm-hmm. service or a package. But then I also think that it has partially to do with, with the person buying it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. D- d- you know, sometimes people just aren't ready to buy. You know, and so, you know, they'll tell you no. But they could come back six months later 
and buy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just aren't in that, that place right now in their life. And I think that one of the things that um, is so important is to drop the worry about competition. Because I think that's the other aspect of this whole thing is that for some, our society is very competitive. And right. so it's like, I've got to be first and I've got to win and don't take my clients from me. Well, first off, if you're in any business, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You're going to have competition. Well, and but instead of don't look at it as competition, look at it as the fact that there are people that are going to resonate with you. You could be the exact same type coach. I mean, you and I have crossover. I do mindset all the time. I don't right. call myself a mindset coach, but there are people that are going to go to you because they really like your message. They really like who you are. And there's going to be people that will gravitate to me because they like my message and who I am. So instead of, looking at everything as a competition, start partnering with people and collaborating with people. Right. And spreading the wealth versus think, you know, on the online world, there can be some, a little bit of cattiness out there um, and people getting all upset when really it's instead of being upset, just say, Hey, maybe I can learn from this person or maybe this person can bring something to my group that I can't offer, or they give it a different twist. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. Um, so I'm not a mom and I'm not a wife and I can't, I can empathize with my audience that is, that are mothers and our wives, right? Like I respect them. I understand that it's a lot of hard work, but I can't ever speak from a place of knowing. Right. Um, and that's why I think it's really important for me to like expand my network or however you want to, my community, however you want to phrase it, of coaches and people in the same online space who are mothers and who right. are wives and who can speak to that um, because, I, because I can't. Um, and I don't view them as competition. Like I do think that there's a lot of competition. I think I'm very competitive with myself before I'm competitive with anyone else. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. Like what resonates with some people that I say like wouldn't resonate with Sally Joe mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. and vice versa. And I think that that's okay. Like I think that when you're talking, like if you're, if you're talking from a place of like, I'm competing with the person running next to me side by side, like you're going to lose because you're devoting all of that energy into the competition and right. devoting that energy into people you can actually connect with and actually resonate with your content. Exactly. Exactly. And there's room in the world for all of us. You know, there's mm -hmm. 7 billion plus people out there. It's not like there isn't enough to go around. And that's, you know, but I think, and to be honest, I went through this. Everybody, I think, goes through this to some extent when they're first getting into their business and they're in the online world and they see these people um, saying they got this client and they're going, well, how come I haven't gotten a client? That's human nature. Yeah. yeah the part of it is though, this is the internet. People mm -hmm. can put whatever they want on the internet. They can write down what, you know, I've made six figures in five months. We don't have the proof of that, but we take it in and then we start judging ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too, that I like 
get really annoyed with because <laughs> I think people post like, you know, I'm sharing my top seven secrets of how to generate X amount of money in my business. Or I just launched this course and it sold out and like generated, you know, $10,000 or whatever. But no one talks about how many times they had to maneuver or rearrange their course to actually get Work. to that point. Right. Yeah. Like no one's willing to talk about, and that's, I try to kind of bash that barrier because I'm very open about things that have failed and didn't really work out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wish that people would talk about that more. Well, I think it's, I think it's a necessity. I really do. I had a client one time, I got on a call with her and she goes, I'm doing something wrong. And I said, what do you mean you're doing something wrong? Well, because I was just listening to somebody and they were saying that within X amount, whatever it was, months or something, you know, I'm doing this and I'm not there yet. And I, and so I had to go through the whole thing about, you know what, what they're saying, they're not talking about how many months did it actually take them to get to the point, mm-hmm. you know, they're just saying, oh, I made six figures in three months, but how many months before that were they working? Where right. was the blood, sweat and tears and trying to get their business that point, all the failures. I mean, I fail all the, well, I don't even like to use the word fail, failure. I have lessons all the time and things that don't work right. So that I have to sit back and go, okay, what can I do to tweak it? Well, you right. know, this isn't my audience. I need to revamp it. And that's part of um, building a business is, is having those setbacks in a sense or those life lessons so that you can really form a solid foundation. I mean, you've got to have that solid foundation to stand on as you're going out there in the world. And people get really... Um, what's the word I want to say? People really start judging themselves when they start comparing themselves to other people Mm. because they're taking the words on the internet. They don't, you know, from people they don't really know. And I mean, I'm here to tell you, it's hard work. It is hard work to build a business online. Well, I also think it's about people's journey. Like I said something the other day that I, reflected on because I felt like it just when I said it it just didn't feel right and it was like oh I wonder you know if I would have started my online journey when I was 22 when I got my first corporate job like I wonder how far I would be in my business and I like it just didn't feel good when I said it and then when I was I don't know I always do my best thinking in the shower it's random I don't really understand (laughs) um but I was like no like I'm even as much as I hated my time working in an office I actually it was part of my journey like I needed that experience I needed to develop a work ethic I needed to develop certain skill sets um, that I learned there that I was able to like transferable skills this is coming full circle like that I needed to have those skills to order to apply to my business now if I would have done this when I was 22 I would have like probably given up by now but because I had the sense of resiliency and tenacity that I built when I was working in corporate now I've applied that to my business now. Right. So it's exactly. like you kind of need these lessons yeah. and it's all part of your journey. So yeah, okay, maybe it took someone three months to make X amount of dollars, but maybe they were already in the in if they were like a a lactation nurse, like for 10 years, of course they're gonna know exactly what to put in the course or exactly what to put mm-hmm. in a service or a package or whatever. 
Um, because they've been doing it for 10 years. If you're someone new starting out and you don't know what you want to talk about or what you want to teach or share with the world, like it's going to take some, some trial and error, unfortunately. Right. Um, so if things don't pan out for you within the first six months or 18 months or whatever anyone else's journey, it's really none of your business to begin with. Um, your business is your journey. <laughs> right. You know, and to your point about the nurse and stuff, you know, she, you know, if somebody does that, and builds a course on it, that's going to be her expertise right there. But it doesn't mean that she's expert in marketing because she's never done that before. Right. So, you know, like you said, it's, it's a journey. It's like, I was talking to somebody the other day and she, and she was saying something about a book and, Oh, I think it was you. I think we were talking last week and it was, uh, it's like, I have this book. I bought it, didn't read it. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. to the power of now. Right, right. And then yeah. later you picked it up and read it. And that's the thing. You can buy books and you bring it home and you look at it and go, why'd I buy this? I'm you know, I don't want to read this. So you put it down and then six months later you pick it up and go, Wow, I'm ready to read. You know, it's like some kind of force is there saying, Now you're ready to go. So it's the same with building a business, it's the same with any part in your life, you go through these different things to get you to another level and then to another level type thing. That's what all these life lessons are about. Yeah. To get you to the other side, to the next level of your growth in a sense. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, I've kind of mentioned this a few times in different places. Um, I picked up the book, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I, uh, when I first started my corporate um, job, read the first three pages, thought Mr. Tolle was off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, nope, this is not for me. Put it on a bookshelf, didn't look at it for another year. And when I came home from my corporate job, sick as a dog, and I had blown through the whole series of friends on Netflix. I was like, I need to read. Like, I need to do something else to distract me. Um, and I was still sick, so it's not like I could go to a park or anything. So I just went to my bookshelf. And for whatever reason, that was the book that I picked up. And I read the first three pages or four pages again. And I was like, this is everything that I need right now. And it ended up, ended up becoming paradigm shifting for me. Um, yeah. But I, like, like exactly what Linda just said – at the time that I bought it, it just didn't resonate with me. It wasn't what I needed. It wasn't the right time in my journey to read that book. Right. So without, I won't go into a lot of details, but you know, I, I think I told you I had a, what I call now my WTF year, which was, it was 20 years ago and it was, my husband got sick and that year he got sick he died and four or five other major crises happened in that year it was like one thing after another and I mean yeah I woke up one day I was in de depression and I was going you know why me mm -hmm. which is you know you get hit with all these things and you're going what you know what did I do wrong why am I being you feel like you're being punished yeah you know mm -hmm. and I had to work my way through that and now I realize I can look back at that year and I can talk about it and realize, you know, it was really a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, uh, I can't even express how hard it was to get through the pain that that year caused um, and what I had to go through personally. But I know now I would not be the person I am today if I had not walked that path 
and walk that past sense because it brought me to where I am at today. And I couldn't yeah. be the coach I am if I hadn't gone through all that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I, that's just such a beautiful testament. Um, and I know Gary V. I don't know why I keep bringing him up. He talks about like the micro and the macro. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that's such a true thing, kind of like going back to that really difficult year. Like when you're in the moment, it feels like the macro, like the big picture. Um, but really when you're in those difficult moments, like those are just micro moments that add up to your life, which is your life is that macro bigger picture. Um, so sometimes those difficult times, those difficult years, um, like they feel so intense. Like that's just how your life is going to be like forever. Right. But I think if there's one thing that, you know, um, loss or chaos or whatever, you know, turbulence in life has taught anyone is I forgot where I was going with this I totally just lost my train of thought um you're only 26 you're not supposed to lose your train of thought (laughs) (laughs) I was like thinking of I know right (laughs) um but no I I think that some really beautiful things I think a lot of coaching businesses and online businesses come are built because of traumatic things that have happened to people's lives. And so if you can, I know it sounds a little bit wrong to say, but sometimes if you can leverage the pain that you, and suffering that you might've been through and put, reach your hand back to help someone else who might be going through the same thing, that's your business right there. Well, you know, most people, what, what I'll tell my clients is that their ideal client are people who they were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Right. Because we're given our challenges. Um, and I really, having gone through so many challenges in my life, I really fully embrace this, that they are our defining moments. They are what make us into, into this unique human being that we are. And, and so it can be painful. It can, it can be like something so bad that you're on the floor crying, your eyes out going, you know, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But once you can get through all of that, it's creating this different person in a sense mm-hmm. an, or another element of who, who you are. And so that's a gift that you need to share. Mm-hmm. So where you were at, say when you were 22, yeah, those are your clients. That's who, you know, you're helping them because you've already gone past that. I, I think I told you about the fourth grader in kindergarten, gardener, you know, people will come to me and say, well, Linda, I don't know enough. And I go, oh, yes, you do. And they go, no, 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 I don't. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, you do. Look at it this way. When you're in kindergarten, and you remember looking at those fourth graders who had the special recess and they could go on the monkey bars and you couldn't because you were only in kindergarten. You looked up to those fourth graders. You thought they were like, they knew it all. And that's who you are as a beginning business owner or any business owner. There's always going to be those kindergarten students that don't know as much as you. Right. Always. So you're in fourth grade and you're looking for those kindergarten students. That's such a good analogy. I've never thought of it like that, but that's true. That's yeah. so true. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so where 
can people find you on the internet? They can find me at, um, well, my website is um, lindamclay.com. My Facebook business page is Linda M. Clay Biz. And then I have my Facebook group, which is Heartfelt Business.Life Village. And um, I do have a freebie for your group and actually several choices. So they, if they go to store.lindamclay, uh-huh. um, they can download a free uh, freebie of their choice. Awesome. Well, I'll be including all of your links in the episode mm-hmm. description when you send them to me. Uh-huh. Your, your episode's actually going to come out next Monday, which is the night. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so why don't we tell them what we have planned for your Facebook group? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Bree has agreed to come into my group and do a training on how to use Pinterest to drive traffic to your business. And I'm ecstatic for myself. I'm selfish here, you know, just <laughs> figure this whole thing. I've, I've got the other ones down pretty well. But Pinterest has always been like this, um, like a monster in the closet, you know, you open mm-hmm. it up and you go, Ooh, shut the door. Cause it's like overwhelming. Right. So she's going to come in on, um, and do a training. I'm just super stoked. Yeah. So that's going to be on Thursday, November 29th. Yes. And it's going to be at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. Yes. And what we discussed today is I'm actually going to be creating a workbook to go along with the freebie um, where basically all of the information that I talk about in the Facebook Live will be in this workbook along with asking you just some tough tough tougher questions um, about your Pinterest profile. And Linda has actually been kind enough. So I'm going to be using her Pinterest profile to kind of use as a reference. um, So that way she can get the help that she needs with her Pinterest. And I think, yeah, people really think that it's just uh, a DIYs and outfits idea, outfit ideas and like random little quotes and things like that. Um, But I, as I put in her group, I was able to generate about 80,000 views to my blog within the first three months of starting my blog. And I did that without SEO, which is search engine optimization. I did that without doing Facebook lives. Instagram TV was not even a thing. So I didn't have that. I didn't have an Instagram following whatsoever. This was all generated through through Pinterest. And to this day, Pinterest is still my number one traffic driver. About 80% of my traffic comes from Pinterest. 10% comes from Facebook and 10% comes from Google. So it really does have the power to, to, to drive business when done correctly. So that is what I'm going to be talking about in Linda's Facebook group on Thursday, November 29th at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. So excited. Me too. Well, thank you so much. I don't even know how long we've been talking. Uh, Almost an hour. Okay. (laughs) Which is Um, fun. It's been fun. 
Yeah, no, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little bit more about your story and your philosophy. I think that it was really interesting and you shared so much knowledge and valuable little nuggets of, of wisdom. So I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I totally enjoyed it. Hopefully you'll ask me back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.